Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. Tonight we are going to wrap up a series that we've been in for seven weeks, a series that we're simply calling encounter face-to-face with God. We've spent a a period of seven weeks really diving into what what I believe God has laid upon our hearts as a direction, not just for this year, not just for this season, but for the rest of our lives, the idea of a mighty encounter with God. And I truly hope, I truly trust, and I believe that as we've processed through these several weeks that you've experienced a challenge To not just sit on the sidelines, but to passionately pursue a true encounter with God. We've looked at numerous examples of great encounters, of of mighty men of faith. Everything from Moses and the burning bush. Do you remember that one? We talked about Jacob and his all-night WrestleMania event with God. Then we had Jehoshaphat and his mighty battle victory that God poured upon his life. And then... Just last week, we talked about Elijah, how he was hiding from Jezebel in the cave. But tonight, I want to take a few moments, and I want to really lay out this challenge. You see, it's one thing to hear some great stories from the Word of God. I remember as a kid growing up in church, and and mom would have grandma's flannel graph boards, and she would have all the, how many of you remember, remember flannel graphs? Like three of us in this room remember flannel graphs. That's crazy. You all need to experience life. I mean, this was action. This was the iPad of the day. This is the moment where you had this three foot tall by four foot wide piece of wood covered with felt. And then you had little felt people that looked like Jesus, which also looked a little bit like Joseph, which also looked a little bit. Why? Because they used them in every story, right? And, and, and they would move these little felt figures all around telling you the story. And we would all get super excited, See, I feel like sometimes that's what we do when we hear about a story like Moses and the, and the burning bush or, or Jehoshaphat and the, the mighty battle that was able to be won or even Elijah hiding out from Jezebel. I, I fear that sometimes we just hear these and say, well, that was a really cool story from God's word. But I don't believe that God gave us the Bible just so we could have a book of really good stories. You you see, I believe that there's something that we can learn from every one of these encounters with God. And I hope and I trust that these are placing upon you a desire, a hunger, a longing to passionately pursue a mighty encounter with great expectation of God. Our text tonight is found in Matthew chapter 9, and it simply says this, it will happen. What is it? It's referring to the miracle. The miracle will happen, or in our case, the encounter will happen to you just as you believed. It will happen to you just as you believed. Let me ask you tonight, what are you believing 
God for? What is that miracle encounter that you are just pouring yourself into saying, God, this is what I'm longing for in my life? What is the breakthrough that you are believing to come your way? The Bible tells me that your miracle will occur. It will happen just as you believed. Let's look at the context of our text for tonight. Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 27. It says, two blind men followed along behind him, Jesus shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now grab a hold of this. Two blind guys. They couldn't see where they were going. They followed behind Jesus, crying out, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying. A little awkward, right? They followed Jesus into the home where he was staying. And Jesus asked them a very important question. Do you believe I can make you see? Do you believe I, I can make you see let me pause for a moment i don't know what the encounter is that you're longing for in your life maybe it's a breakthrough from an addiction maybe it's for restoration in your family maybe it's a, a physical healing Maybe you're longing for God to give you a spiritual healing. Whatever that encounter is, I ask you tonight the same question that Jesus asked these two blind men. Do you believe that he can do it? No, it's easy. It's easy sitting in this room to say, yeah, pastor, I believe. But when the rubber meets the road, When everything around you is breaking loose. When you're in that moment of that addiction. When your marriage is just moments from falling apart. When spiritually you feel like you're hitting a brick wall. Do you believe that he can do it? He goes on to say this. Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then Jesus touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Jesus reached out, touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. And their eyes were open and they could see. Verse 31 said, they went on out and spread his fame all over the region. I ask you tonight, honestly, seriously, do you believe 
that God can meet your need? Do you believe that God desires to have an encounter with you? You see, sometimes we say, well, I don't know that I'm worthy of an encounter with God. Here's the good news for you. None of us are. There's not a single person in this room that's good enough to be in the presence of God Almighty. Why? Because we falter. The Bible says we all sin, we all fall short of God's standard. No matter how good we are, no matter how hard we try, no matter how many times we make the attempt or put forth the effort, we will always pale in comparison to the standard of God. Therefore, in our own and by ourselves, we don't deserve an encounter. Jesus asked the blind man, do you really believe? Yes, Lord. We believe that you can heal our eyes. It will happen to you just as you believed. Tonight I want to look at three truths of expectancy. And then we're going to take it a step further. And we're going to look at the results of an expectation in the heart. First off, three truths of expectancy. Number one, God will honor your desperation. These two men, these two blind men, they had never, ever, 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 ever seen a miracle, at least to our knowledge. But they knew that the only way that they could be healed, the only way that they could see once again is if they sought after the healer. They sought after Jesus. They, They had heard that this man, Jesus, the Messiah, the the healer, they had heard that he was in town. And they knew that if they could just get to Jesus, if they could just get into his presence, if they could just plead their case, if they could just share with him their need, maybe, just possibly, he could heal them. We don't know how long they were blind. We don't know what caused their blindness. All that we know is that these Two men desperately sought for an encounter with Christ. The way I understand, blindness was an issue in Jesus' day. We see recordings of at least six places where Jesus healed the blinded eye. Each situation was slightly different. But these two men, from the very onset of their recorded conversation, declared that Jesus was, in fact, who he said he was. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. If they could just get his attention. If they could just plead their case. He would be able to heal them. Remember, they had never seen a miracle. But they had heard of the miracles of Jesus. I hear some of you tonight, you say, well, pastor, I've never seen an encounter of God before. I've never seen someone be healed before. I've never really experienced 
this before. Well, the Bible tells me in John chapter 20, verse 29, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Look at your neighbor tonight and say, do you believe? Do you believe? Maybe you're struggling tonight with this whole idea of an encounter with God, a face-to-face moment with Him. You, you've never seen a true encounter. Oh, you've done the religious thing. You, you've come to church on a, a Sunday morning. You're even stepping out of your box and coming to church on a Saturday night. You've done the church thing. But that's completely different. What we're talking about is a, a passionate pursuit the very presence of God. I want you to know today that God sees you where you are. God sees you in the midst of your hurt. God sees you in the midst of your struggle. God sees you in your passionate pursuit. And he longs to have an encounter with you. As I was putting this message together, I came across a quote that completely sums up All that I want you to hear tonight, and it simply says this, Don't worry, God is never blind to your tears. He's never deaf to your prayers and never silent to your pain. He sees, He hears, and He will deliver you. Don't worry, God is never blind to your tears, never deaf to your prayers, never silent to your pain. He sees, he hears, and he will deliver you. The question is, are you desperate enough to passionately pursue him? He sees you right where you are. He's ready for an encounter with you tonight. Matthew chapter 17 tells us that all that we have to have is a little bit of faith. In fact, the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. And if we have that kind of faith, all we need to do is speak to the mountain and the mountain will be moved. That's mighty faith. Do you believe that God can do it? We've said this over and over the last several months. There's nothing that's impossible with God. Why have I repeated that so many times over the last several months? Because some of us haven't quite gotten it. We're still struggling with the fact that our need is so big. I'm not sure God can meet it. My struggle's too difficult. I don't know that God can meet it. My hurt's too deep. I don't know that God can heal it. My pain is too deep. Do we believe it or not? My God is able to do all things. It will happen to you just as you believed. The ball's in our court. You see, God sees you in your desperation. The question is, do you see yourself in need of him? I challenge you tonight. Desperately pursue an encounter with God. The second truth is this. God sees your persistence. It's not enough to be desperate. 
You must begin to act upon that desperation. That's where we find our two blind men in our story today. They were desperate before God. They could have sat in their desperation. They could have sat on the edge of town and said, I can't see where I'm going. I might as well just give up. Surely somebody will bring me some food, something to drink. I'm just going to hang out here. It'll be okay and just woe is me. They, they could have done that. You see, I, I can't imagine what it's like to not be able to see. To not be able to, to look someone in the eyes. To not be able to look out and see the beauty of no snow right now. Come on, so let's have a moment. I, I can't imagine what it's like not to be able to see. But these two men, they could have sat in their self-pity. They could have been consumed with all that was going on inside of, absorbed by the situation in front of them. Yet these two blind men chose to passionately pursue Jesus. And Jesus sees your desperation. He sees your persistence. They followed Jesus into the house crying out, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on us. Do you believe? See, they knew that they had to get to Jesus. No matter how difficult it was, they had to press through the crowd. They had to pursue an encounter because they knew that the only way a miracle would ever occur in their life is if they could have the encounter with God. Are you willing to pursue Jesus no matter where it takes you? Could you imagine? There's a traveling evangelist in town. And you're in your car and you're stalking him. You're following him everywhere he goes. He goes down Main Street, you're going down Main Street. He turns on this street, you turn on that street. He, he turns over here, you turn over. You're following him everywhere. He pulls up to a house, you pull right behind him. He gets out of the car, goes in the house. You just follow him right into the house. That's kind of what's happening here. Jesus is going through the town. These two blind guys begin to follow him. It takes him all the way into the house where he's staying. In their minds, it doesn't matter where he goes, we're going to get to him. It doesn't matter where this encounter takes us, we're going to come into the presence of the healer. We're going to come into the presence of the one that we know that is able to give sight to our blinded eyes. It didn't matter where they had to go, they're persistent in their pursuit of Christ. Number three, you must not only be expectant, but receptive. You must not only be expectant, but be receptive. In the midst of their encounter, they allowed Jesus to peer into their lives. He didn't just heal their physical eyes that day, but he inquired about their spiritual eyes, their faith. Do you believe? 
Do you believe I can do this? In other words, do you trust me enough to place all of your hope, all of your faith, all of your dependence upon me? Simply going off of what you've heard I can do. Well, we've, we've never seen it before. We, we've never watched you perform a miracle before. We ha- haven't watched you heal the sick before. We, we, we've heard it. We've heard what people have said. We've heard the celebration. We've heard the rejoicing, but we've never really seen it. Do you believe I can do what I say I can do? Do you believe I can do what they say I can do? Do you believe I can do what you've heard about me? Yes. Lord, we believe that you can open our eyes and, and give us sight. Do you trust him enough? Do you trust God enough to put all of your hope, all of your faith, all of your trust, dependence upon him? The Bible says don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. See, the the good news is is we don't have to have all of these steps figured out. We don't have to have all of this thing called life figured out. All we've got to do is is stay connected to the one that's got all of the answers. The Bible says if we abide in him or we stay connected to him, he will stay connected to us. That's what these two men were trying to do. Just to come to that place of that encounter with him, that that moment of connection with Jesus. What does your encounter look like? See, I would venture to say in this crowd and even those watching online tonight that there are many different types of encounters represented. What are you desperate for? What are you longing for? What does your miracle look like? Or maybe for you, it's just, God, I I need to experience your presence. Maybe you feel spiritually dry. Let Jesus speak into your life just like he did at the woman at the well. See, she had come to the well to gain water that day. A water like many of us drink, just a, a temporary fix You take a drink, in a few moments, you're going to be thirsty again. But as Jesus sat at that well, he looked at her and said, this water that you're drinking, it's not going to solve all the issues. But what I have for you, what I have to give you, is a perpetual spring, an an overflowing, a fresh spring deep inside. You, you, You begin to drink upon what I'm giving you. You will never thirst again. Some of you are parched spiritually. Some of you are in need of a drink of the spiritual waters that only Jesus can give. What does your encounter look like? Are you ready to be receptive of what he has in store for you? You see, I truly believe that we as a church, but also we as individuals, 
or at the very edge of what God wants to do in our lives. I believe that God wants to pour out His Spirit once again upon this church. I believe that God wants to encounter you on a regular basis. I believe that God wants to encounter you on a regular basis. I believe that God wants to spend time with you and you and you and you. I believe that God wants to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. If we believe that, why don't we pursue it? Luke chapter 11 says this. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. We could come in here week after week after week and just do the church thing. We could come in here every single Sunday just to fulfill an obligation. Or we could come into the presence of God seeking His face, longing for an encounter, longing to receive what He has. The Bible says if we we ask, We'll receive, we seek, we'll find, we'll knock, and the door will be open. Everyone receives, everyone finds. The door is opened to everyone. You don't have to meet some special standard. You don't have to have some seniority in the religious circle. God says all you've got to do is seek first the kingdom of God. Do you believe? Now, we know what the truths of expectancy are, but what about the results? Number one is this. Expecting an encounter releases God's potential. Expecting an encounter releases God's encounter. If these two blind men hadn't gone to Jesus with expectancy in their hearts, They may have never received their healing. Why? Because they never had the encounter. They never gave God the moment, the opportunity to speak into them. We've got to take the roof off, the lid off, and let God begin to do what God wants to do. If you're like me, if you see an individual that seems to have a lot of ability or potential, you put a lot of expectancy upon them. That's kind of what I did with my junior high choir many years ago. I was a high, junior high and high school choir teacher. And I had a junior high honor choir that was absolutely incredible. I mean, these kids, if you know anything about music, this will make sense to you. If not, bear with me just for a moment. Let me geek out on you musically just for a moment. But these kids were absolutely phenomenal. I would take what the district high school choir did the previous year and have my junior high kids do it the next year. These kids knocked it out of the park. I would have high schoolers come into the classroom during my junior high honor choir rehearsal time and they would just sit there going, how are these kids doing this? These are seventh and eighth graders. Now, 
let me be honest with you. I don't believe it's just because I was some sort of amazing superstar choir teacher. I believe that they really believed that they could do this. They had expectancy in their minds. They looked at this music, and they, quite honestly, they didn't know any better. But they looked at this music, and they thought, we could do this. Let, let, let's sing this. Let's make some music. But likewise, God desires for us to trust him enough to expect great things out of him. Over and over and over and over in the Bible, we read of mighty things that God is able to accomplish. But way too often, we read these scriptures, we read these comments, and we think, well, that was a really good read. Or we even write it down on a posting note, and we stick it on our mirror or in the dash of our car, or on our refrigerator, in the flyleaf of our Bible. And in those moments of, of hurt and struggle, we go back to that scripture, we read it one time, and then we move on. It's kind of like my scripture, the way I got through teaching junior high kids. And by the way, I, a couple of my junior high classes were 78 kids, and just me as the adult. I had a little paperweight on my desk that had Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. There was almost not a single day that went by when right after lunch, when I would have three class periods of junior high kids, that I wouldn't take a moment before going out and embracing the masses of chaos, and I would read that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that includes teach junior high kids. But we, we, we take scriptures like that and, and we apply them just to a moment, but we forget that God wants us to apply it to our entire lives. In fact, look at John 14, 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Who's talking here? Jesus? Yeah, yeah, Jesus says, if you ask anything in the name of Jesus... I will do it. Luke 11.10 says, For everyone who asks, receives. Philippians 4.19, You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. These are great scriptures. Yet oftentimes we only utilize them in that little moment, that little time. And God says, would you apply my word to your life? Would you let me meet your everyday need? Would you let me walk beside you in and through that situation of life? You see, God has already set a high standard. Nothing is impossible with God. That's pretty high. Yes? Nothing is impossible. I mean, the sky is the limit. So why do we put a lid on what he can do? Why do we put a lid on our encounter with him? It's time to remove that lid. It's time to allow God to be who God desires to be in your life today. See, oftentimes in the Bible, there's a step of faith that oftentimes we have to take for these men. They had to answer the question, do you really believe? We must take the preparation, the pursue with great expectation. Removing the preconceived ideas and the assumptions and the limits that we place on God and truly allow Him to move on our hearts and on our lives. God desires to encounter you. Do you believe? 
The second result, expecting an encounter increases your potential. Look at the word potential. Capable of development into actuality. Expecting an encounter increases your potential. The capability of developing into actuality. God knows your hearts. He just wants to get you to the point that you see what can really take place. Jesus asked these blind men, do you believe that I can do this? I've asked it numerous times. Let me ask again. Do you believe that God is able to meet you where you are? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. God can do anything. God can do anything. God can do anything. Are you grabbing a hold of that there? God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Where does God begin to work? The same place he did on these two blind men. On the inside. See, your encounter with God may not be in the burning bush. Your encounter with God may not be a midnight wrestling match. It may be a little bit like that of Elijah, just that whisper. It may be like that of the two blind men, the, the question that causes you to deal with what's going on on the inside of your life. God doesn't meet your need by, by pushing you around, but by working within you, gently and deeply moving inside of you. It's time for us to take our hands off the wheel of our life and allow God into the driver's seat and to give him full control. As God comes upon you with his power, in his own special way, whatever that looks like, he wants to do a work in you, but also through you. Now look at this. Romans chapter 12 reminds us that we are not to resemble this world, but to be transformed from the inside out. And then we read the results of this encounter in Acts chapter 1, Verse 8, and it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll receive power when you have this encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now, the three words that I want to look at here in this section of Scripture, the first one is when. The word when here indicates that some action is being taken. In this case, when follows the action of passionately pursuing the encounter with God. You will receive power when you have passionately sought after the Holy Spirit. Next is receive. We talked about this a few moments ago. We've got to be receptive. These, these two blind men, they, they could have said, yeah, we believe that you can heal us, but we're not ready to receive it. What would happen to them? They would have remained blind. 
They believed. They sought after him. They followed him into the house. They cried out to him. But in that moment, if they would have chosen not to be receptive, they would have never received their healing. But you will receive power. We must learn to be receptive, placing our spiritual antennas in the direction of God, fully looking for Him, fully listening to Him. I challenge you, listen to God daily. Pastor, how do I do that? Just say, God, I'm listening to you. What do you want to say? Spend time with Him. In your prayer time, don't make it a one-sided conversation. Anybody ever hang out with somebody that loves to dominate the conversation and, and you really never have an opportunity to get a word in edgewise? And you get done with the conversation, they're like, man, that was a great conversation. Thanks for hanging out with me. I feel like sometimes we do that with God. Sometimes we come into a time of prayer and we're just like, Lord, we, la, 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 la. we just go on with a prayer and we're just like pouring it out there and we get done. God, that was really great talking to you. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. And God says, but I didn't get to share with you. I didn't get to tell you what I wanted to tell you. Why? Because we're not receptive. You will receive power when. The final word is this, power, dunamis, dynamite, explosive Power. The word literally means power consisting in or resting upon armies or forces. That's the kind of power that God wants to pour in your life. Real power. Real authority. You see, when we passionately pursue, then we re- receive that power. When we passionately pursue, then we receive the power. Look at Peter. In the book of Acts we find this man that has been totally transformed. If you remember the end of the Gospels, right before the crucifixion, Peter was the one that failed to even admit that he knew Jesus. Do you remember this? It said a teenage girl was talking to him. He's like, I don't even know the guy. One, one of the scriptures say that he even cursed. I don't know him. I don't know who he is. And here we find Peter, he's, he's now received the Holy Spirit. He's consumed by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that he stood up and he began to address the crowd. And 3,000 people came to know Christ. I'm glad that one person said amen and one person shook their head. Look at that. Guys, that's, that's what God wants to do with an encounter in your life and in your life and in this church. He wants to transform the lives on the outside that are lost and dying without him. The question is, are we willing to be receptive and used by him? Peter stood up and addressed the crowd and 3,000 lives came to know Christ. That's power. By the way, the first few weeks of the month of May, we're going to kick off a series in May, that we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're calling it the elephant in the room. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead that we seldom talk about. 
heard one pastor talk about it recently. He said, oftentimes we try to live by two-thirds of the Godhead. We, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus, but we forget about the Holy Spirit. Church, let me just tell you, we need to encounter the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit moving in and through our lives and in and through this church. Our third result is this. Expecting an encounter blesses others. How in the world does our encounter with God bless someone else? Let's take a look at this. See, through an encounter with God, God can fill you. Before church tonight, I, I filled my, my cup with water. I haven't drinking any of it out of it yet, but God, I filled this cup full of water. And it wouldn't do me much good if I just put an empty cup up here, would it? Because if I got thirsty and I went to take a drink and the cup was empty, I, I wouldn't have any water to, to deparch me. I don't even know what I'm thinking of there. What is the word? Quench my thirst. Thank you. Look at that, a Kentucky boy came with a big word. Good job. Now, if I had an empty glass here and I took a drink of an empty glass, my thirst would not be quenched. But I've got to fill the cup in order for it to be able to be used for its purpose. See, I feel like some of us kind of go through our life like an empty cup. God, here's my cup. Got my lid on so you can't put anything in there, but I'm a cup. And God says, we just open the top. See, when we have an encounter with God, God begins to fill us from the innermost part of our being, consuming us with Him so that we overflow. Well, look at this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When we open our lives, God fills us up. I talked about the woman at the well a while ago. See, that's what she was needing. She needed her thirst quenched. She was spiritually parched. She knew all the religious answers. She knew where they're supposed to worship. But she needed to be filled with the presence of God. When we have an experience, an encounter with God, He will fill us, but also through an encounter, God can use us. Look how the scripture goes on to read, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Oh, whoa, whoa, what, what, what? You see, we get stuck on that first part. I want the power. Some of you right now in your head are singing, She's got the power. I, I heard it. I heard, I heard you singing it because I was singing it. No, we look to God and say, God, give me the power. But he says, I, I want to give you the power so you can be a witness. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Suddenly, we have a desire, we have a longing to tell those around us what Christ has done. Easter's coming up. I challenge you, as God fills you, 
Don't put the lid on it. But let the goodness of God overflow so that you can be used to share the goodness of Christ with those around you. That's what our two blind men, or previously blind men, did. See, after Jesus spoke into their lives, do you believe I can do this? Yes, Lord, we believe you can make us see. Because of your faith, it will happen just as you believed. Their eyes are open. The Bible said they went away telling everyone who Jesus was. So what has to happen in order to receive the power? You gotta ask. You gotta believe. You got to expect. So I ask you tonight, what sort of encounter do you desire from God? The blind man sought for sight. Maybe you need spiritual sight or physical sight or healing. Peter sought for boldness. Are you finding yourself just sitting on the sidelines hoping that something will happen in your life? Or are you truly pursuing God? Reaching out for more of Him. Trusting Him to enter into you and change your life. You see, the choice is yours. We read it just a moment ago. The Holy Spirit meets you, meets your needs, not by pushing you around, but by working within you. Deeply and gently within you. Are you ready for an encounter with God?